Welcome to Traveling Culturati, where we explore cultures and share travel news, travel tips, destinations, and travel chats. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Well, hey there, fellow Culturati. Javon Harley here, your host and travel pro for Traveling Culturati. Make sure you head on over to the website, TravelingCulturati.com, and make sure you join the Travel Club. Yes, because we're going some great places. We are planning our 2023 and 2024 travel calendar. So make sure you sign up for the newsletter so you can hear all about it and be the first to know when we're on the go. We still have some space available for Ghana with the Michael Baston Travel Club, February 5 through 13. You can head on over to advantage-intl.com to sign up. Ghana is a fantastic destination. And of course, as I said, a lot more coming up for the rest of 2023. Joining me today is executive producer Jean Harley, and we've got a lot of travel news for you. And tis the season. Yes, tis the season for giving and receiving. So we have a great list of travel gifts or gifts for the traveler in your life. Some things that are going to make their travels a lot easier. But first, let's get into a little travel news. And it has been extended once again. (laughs) We're talking about the real ID requirement. The drama continues going on. It looks like it's going to be 20 years before it becomes a reality. Back in 2005, the Congress voted to put in a real ID program so we could have real security at our airports and all our travel terminals. We will know who's on a plane and we will have a functional national identification. But again, it's been delayed. Yes, it has. The last date was May 3rd, 2023. And I think this is the closest we've come to the deadline before Mm -hmm. it was extended again. Uh, Of course, there were several extensions that were due to COVID, but even prior to that, there were extensions. And so the new date is May 2025, an entire two years this time. Usually it's been one year that they've extended it, but now it's two years. So again, let's just kind of talk about what the real ID is. What does that really mean? What you should know about it and why you'll want to get it and not wait for the deadline. Yes, it has been extended, but I think it's a good idea to go ahead, especially if your state is compliant and ready to go with it. Yeah, actually, it was set up and continues to be a standardized version of identification, allowing people to use one form of identification state to state and when traveling by rail, mass transit, and even to get in some federal buildings and other activities such as that. And as Javon mentioned, it's been extended several times, but it was to give a standard form of identification. It's going to be generally your driver's license, but there's never been a standard. There's 50 different versions, or 52 if you count Washington, D.C., Guam, and some other territories, Puerto Rico, 53. So now we were going to have a standardized version that put up 2005 and would require all people to go ahead and register to get ID. At first, people said, well, that's a mess because I just got my ID. But now over the last 17 years, I think most of us renewed several times. That's actually part of the confusion, because unless you specify that you want the real ID, Mm -hmm. when you go to renew your driver's license, you're just going to get the regular driver's license because it is separate. So It's not that if my driver's license expires and when I get a new one, it will be the real ID. That is not the case. States are still issuing both the regular ID, driver's license, and the real ID, which is very different. And it also is going to require a different set of documentation in order for you to receive the real ID. So make sure that you're clear on that and make sure that before you go, you know what your state's requirements are going to be. Also there will be, in most states, an additional cost to get a real ID. But again, it surpasses all the needs that you have for if you're planning on doing some traveling, especially by plane. That's right. Now, the real ID new deadline is May 7, 2025. 
It's for all 50 states and the territories, and you will need this identification at that point in time when the extension (laughs) is no longer extended. We'll be sitting here in February of 2025 talking about a new extension going through. But in the meantime, if you get the real ID or if you don't get the real ID, there are other forms of identification that people can use, right, Javon, if they want to travel? Yes, of course. If you have TSA PreCheck or if you have a clear membership, your global entry card is considered real ID. Your clear membership is also considered a real ID. It's a compliant form of identification. If you are, of course, traveling with a passport card that is compliant, a valid passport. And if you're like me, I don't like to travel with my passport when I'm traveling domestically, but I do have the passport card. So you can use that alternatively amongst the other forms of identification as well. It's interesting, too, because a lot of people have renewed their passports at least once since the act was put in. And the question that comes up, do I already have a real ID? And generally, as Javon already stated, the answer is no, because if you didn't ask for it, you didn't show up with specialized additional information, your birth certificate, social security card, invoice from your bank or something that shows who you are and where you live then you probably don't have one. But the best thing to look for is that outline of a gold star in the top right-hand corner of your driver's license or state-issued ID. Now, that worked out fine, but the state of Ohio already has a gold star on theirs, so they had to come up with a black star. And I think that's going to confuse some TSA and other agents when people get up to the counter and they're not in Ohio. Right, and it's going to have some holographic information on there as well that will differentiate it. Now, there's another story that is quite interesting, and this is from the International Air Transport Association. You may have heard me refer to it in the past as IATA. That's what we refer to it in the industry by its acronym, IATA, International Air Transport Association. Now, in this kind of same vein, One ID is an initiative that airlines are working with IATA to digitalize the passenger experience at airports just coming back from Europe. I'm finding a lot of that in Europe as well at the kiosks and so forth when you're scanning your passports or scanning your ID or scanning your boarding pass by barcode. And we're not quite there yet here in the United States, but traveling across countries in Europe, everything is really becoming digitalized. And so IATA along with the airlines that are part of the initiative are working toward having this so that it can be a much more cohesive and efficient experience for airlines and passengers while traveling. This would smooth out a lot of things because it's going to use biometrics, which will allow people to do facial recognition or thumbprint or whatever like that. A lot of instances, this is already being used. If you are a global entry person, you no longer have to put your passport in the machine when you return to the United States. You do a facial recognition. Clear uses a similar program and a number of other programs, but this future one with IATA will allow you to put in a lot of digital information where you can load in your passport, where you'll be able to load in your health vaccinations, even your boarding pass and your entry cards to different countries, right? It absolutely will. So the digitalization of admissibility standard, and this is a direct quote, will advance the realization of one ID with a mechanism for passengers to digitally obtain all necessary pre-travel authorizations directly from governments before their trip. So simply by sharing the okay-to-fly status with their airline, travelers can avoid all on-airport document checks. Yeah, and that would be great because those of you who've traveled internationally, you know now, especially after COVID, that you have to fill out health forms. Well, I've been to a couple countries already where they digitized the health form. It was then attached to my passport by me filling out all the information. When they scanned my passport, I didn't have to keep an extra hard copy. That's not to say for the near future you shouldn't keep that hard copy with you. But in the future, you will be able to walk up and not have to have a boarding pass, not have to have any information. And you'll probably be able to just show an ID of some type or a facial recognition. Or with a QR or barcode that's part of your reservation. For example, again, my recent trip, Mm -hmm. checking in online, 
I was able to scan from the computer the QR code, which sent me to the website where I could upload a copy of my passport. And then it would process through the system. And then all of my documentation would have been checked. Well, hopefully sometime soon, as you already stated, other countries already are utilizing this and it's saving time and it's saving effort. And just like the old days of not having to carry a paper ticket now, as you did 20 years ago, it makes things easier. It is less to carry and less you can lose. Yes. And as we are all moving to mobile devices, whether Mm -hmm. it's going to be a smartphone or a tablet or whatever the case may be, or even if we are with a piece of paper that has a barcode or a QR code on it, just having that one document that will have all of your documents and travel information available for you, it's going to make it a whole lot easier. But you know what else has become quite interesting is that the airlines are really upgrading their services on board, especially as it pertains to luxury on the planes, first class, business class cabins, really kind of looking at the high life here, but (laughs) things are really changing. For example, American Airlines is dropping first class seats on international flights and replacing them with new and improved business class seats and high altitude business class fanciness is also on the rise. Quite interesting. You know, when we were traveling many moons ago, there was first class, there was business class, and then there was economy. That's right. And that business class was certainly a step up from economy, but it was not what first class was. There was definitely a distinction between first class and business class. Most airlines have gotten rid of first class altogether and have what they call business first or just business class suites or lie flats. There are many names for them for for different airlines. And it's very interesting because the business class situation is one that offers all the amenities that we didn't even have in first class 20 years ago. But I would like to wish that the economy class would be upgraded. But let's look at the business class because what you're talking about now is not just lie flat seats, but in business class and some you've got barriers and walls that give you that separation, to give you privacy. Qatar Airlines, or Qatar, has the Q-suites, which allows a couple to be seated together and also to sleep together in a full-size bed. And that's in business class. Yes. But a lot of the other airlines are going even further in first class, giving you your own room, right? Yes, your own private suite. And some even have showers, not individual showers in every suite, but showers on board. Or they're having community areas, uh, Mm -hmm. like a full-on bar, and so people can stand and chat. Private lounge. Exactly. But I just absolutely love the lie flats. Again, when we used to travel, whether it was business or first, we could recline more. Yes. And we were at really like a cradle kind of a situation with the seats. It was like those home loungers that every father had in the basement, remember? Yeah. (laughs) But now you are able to lie flat completely. So. Yes. One thing they do caution, though, on the beds that combine as one for families and Mm -hmm. or couples is that this is not your bedroom. So (laughs) be mindful and be respectful of that. There are a couple of more news stories that I want to give to you, but we're out of time right now. So we're going to pick them up again in segment two. So stay tuned for that and make sure You stay tuned for the Travel Gift Guide 2022. You don't want to miss it. And we have some great information for you there. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Again, head on over to the website, travelingculturati.com. Follow us on social media and don't forget to join that travel club. Winter is here and we want to make sure that we are prepared for winter days and winter travel. So the five winter road trip mistakes that you'll want to avoid during this holiday season is one, leaving too late. Always want to give yourself extra time. Two, not checking the weather ahead of time because that's going to impact your travels. Three, forgetting the road snacks. Yeah, it'll eliminate the number of times that you'll want to stop 
and you can refuel while you continue to go. Four, waiting too long before filling your gas. Yeah, you guys are worse at this than women are. You want to make sure the light comes on before you go to the gas station. Well, don't wait till the last minute. And five, not checking your tires before you leave. You need your tires, so make sure you check out your vehicle before you hit the road. Five winter travel mistakes that you'll want to avoid. One, don't forget to consider potential closures. Yes, you have to consider that because it is winter season. There may be shorter schedules. Don't ignore the forecast. Again, this is the same with road trips. Weather is going to be a big factor and can greatly impact your travels. Don't forget to give yourself extra time to get to your destination. It's going to be critical as this is a challenging time of the year, or it can be. And don't forget to plan for transportation once you get there. Yeah, it's not the time you want to get there and then figure things out. This is a busy time for travel and you want to make sure that you're prepared for it. And don't skip packing certain essentials. Yes, you'll need all of those. And then lastly, seven winter air travel mistakes to avoid. Don't select the last flight of the day. You may be stuck at the airport. Don't book connecting flights through bad weather destinations. That's right. You could be stuck at your connection point. Don't fail to charge your devices the night before air travel. You want to stay connected. Don't fly on peak winter travel days. It's going to be busy and flights are going to be full. So it's going to be less comfortable for you. Not dressing in layers when you fly. Very, very important. And not just when you fly, but anytime. Because it's winter and you want to make sure that you're going to be warm. And you don't want to travel with a big old coat. Not padding your travel schedule. If you're thinking about connections, remember I said before for winter travel or my earlier point about booking connecting flights through bad weather destinations, you want to give yourself extra time. That's what I mean by padding. Giving yourself extra time on travel, getting to the airport, between flights, and so forth. And finally, not having a plan B. Yep, always have a backup plan. It is winter, folks. Winter weather, all of these things can impact your travels. So today we are talking about travel gifts for 2022. But before we do, I have a few more travel stories I wanted to give you. And I'm so excited about this. I'm not a big fan of cruising. I think I've told you that before, but this is one I might want to go on. LL Cool J's Rock the Bells Cruise is going down in 2023. It's going to celebrate hip hop's 50th anniversary. Wow. 50th anniversary. 50th anniversary. I remember being a young man, not a youngster, but a young man when I heard my first hip hop song. And many of us remember it's going to be hosted by LL Cool J with a lot of artists to be named coming up soon. But it's going to be a great cruise. It's going to take place November 13th through the 17th going out of Miami. And there's going to be a lot of activities, right? Right. This is 2023, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's November 13th through November 17th. Now here, you are going to be greeted with a special welcome to Miami party hosted by Trina and Trick Daddy. <laughs> you know, I, you know what? I, I just laugh and love this because one, hip hop is 50 years 50 old. Years old. I remember when it first came out. Hip-hop golden oldies party. (laughs) It just seems, no. We spiked the punch with Geritol now, guys. It's really nice. But can you see the fashion show, the music, the lack of after parties? Because everybody goes to bed at 10 o'clock, the buffet starting at 4 p.m. It's going to be a great party, folks. I think you're all going to enjoy it. It's not really for those of us who were born as baby boomers, but those who follow right behind us, they're going to have a great time. Yeah. So it's going to make two stops in the Bahamas and it's going to be on the Norwegian Pearl five day music event. We'll give true hip hop heads and connoisseurs the ultimate immersive experience with live performances from legendary artists, interactive graffiti demos, themed dining menus, and a whole lot of parties at the pool. A lot of Adidas and a lot of warm-up suits and Kango hats. I mean, come on. 
Put November on your calendar now so you can go out and enjoy it. It's going to be a great yeah. time. Because Well, because hip hop is the music. Mm-hmm. It's the MC, mm-hmm. right? It is the art, the graffiti. It's the clothes. It's all of these things. So it's everything it we think, celebrate today started yeah. with hip hop. I mean, it's what rock and roll was 70 years ago. Hip hop brought it all to the front and it's still strong. So God bless LL Cool J is going to have a great time. Everybody who goes is going to have a great time. Yeah, I'm excited about that, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about something else. This wow. is another thing that I truly enjoyed as a young person. Mm-hmm. And our parents taking me to see this and really enjoying this Broadway play as a child. You know, we don't always enjoy Broadway musicals or plays, but this was one that I truly enjoyed. And that is The Wiz. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Broadway, after 40 years, it will return. And this was the breakout for Stephanie Mills, who became a great recording artist afterwards. But yeah, the whiz, he's on down the road. Oh my goodness, I just loved every minute of it. Back on Broadway after 40 years, my God. Whatever cast it's going to be, there's been great people in the cast in the movie, in the play on Broadway, it traveled all around the world. I mean, it's great. So welcome back to the Wiz. Hopefully it'll be at the Lena Horn Theater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure, but it will be in the fall of 2023. Dare I say another New York trip? There you go. You know, I had such a great time in New York this past November, and it far exceeded my expectations because I had been to New York so many times. And if you listen to last week's show, you can hear a little bit about it and some of the places that we visited. And if you want to see New York through a different lens, the black history of New York, and if you're thinking negativity or anything like this, really, it's nothing like that. What I marveled at is me visiting New York for the umpteenth time And seeing it through a different lens and the things that we did. But the reason I bring this up is because we saw MJ the musical, which also exceeded my expectations. So much so that I'm trying to talk my family into taking a day trip to New York to just go see MJ the musical again because I loved it that much. And next year you can include The Wiz in two days, two plays. Nassau's new $300 million cruise port has a grand opening date. Yes, finally, after so long, it will be open by the end of 2022 and expected to have welcomed 3.2 million passengers. Over 4 million are expected in 23 and 4.5 million in 2024. It is long overdue and has a lot of things, many delays because of COVID, but it is finally moving forward. So you'll see a brand new Nassau Bahamas cruise port very, very soon. And also United Airlines is piloting two bases for the first time in 20 years, adding Las Vegas and Orlando. This is a good thing because they've been having a lot of issues with pilots not being able to get where they are. And by adding in these bases, even though these are not hubs, what it means is that you have pilots that are easily available and accessible in a market in cities that don't usually get snowed in or have weather delays so we can get pilots to where the planes are so we can get you from A to B. So this is a good step. It really is. Las Vegas base will be home to 204 pilots and the Orlando base will be home to 300 pilots. The Orlando location may potentially include Tampa as well. Both new bases are exclusively for Boeing 737 pilots and will shave off hours from those pilots' commutes to other bases to operate their trips. So this is definitely a move in the right direction. And I think a lot of airlines really reassessed their needs after our summer of chaos in 2022. And lastly, in travel news, another major cruise line is going to considerably hike onboard fees. They're creeping up more and more. We're talking about Princess Cruises Voyage in 2023 because you're going to have higher daily fees. It's the world's fifth largest cruise line, and it's planning to hike the automatic gratuity fee that it charges passengers by more than 10% to $16 per person per day for those staying in most cabins. It also plans an unusually sharp hike to the amount it charges on board for Wi-Fi 
the cost of a single device may soar by 50% to $15 a day. A four-device plan at the line will rise to $40 a day, an astounding 167% price hike for that. Expect increases from all the cruise lines on this, but also on drink packages, amenity packages, tours, and others as they try to make more money off of the programs they have to offer. And that's why the cruise itself is so inexpensive. Yes. Because everything else costs more. Yes. And also dining options. Mm -hmm. They're going to change. Some will be taken away. Some will come at an additional charge. And some will just have different rules and restrictions as far as using them. And last but not least, a new museum will tell the story of Mobile, Alabama's Africatown community. A forthcoming Africatown Heritage House is dedicated to the stories of its passengers and Africantown. So when we say passengers, what we mean is that archaeologists are recovering the remains of the Clotilda, the last ship to smuggle enslaved Africans into the United States. Yes, so Africatown, the place that they built in 1860, more than half a century after the slave trade was federally abolished, the Clotilda sailed into Mobile, Alabama, carrying 110 enslaved West Africans. The human cargo was unloaded. The schooner was set alight to hide the evidence, but its impact can still be felt in Africatown, a district that was established after emancipation by those who had arrived on the ship. Many residents can still trace their lineage to those founders. Directly. And if you don't know the story, look for Zora Neale Hurster's Barracoon or Netflix Descendants, because this is an excellent story. This was a bet between two rich white men who still own most of the property there to prove they could sneak slaves in and make a quick profit. And it's disgusting and eye-opening. And it's just a riveting story, and Africatown gives you a lot of information. So you get down that way, you've got to go ahead and visit that museum. Absolutely, and it will be opening early 2023, so look forward to that. So, tis the season. It's beginning to feel a lot like. (laughs) It's the most wonderful wonderful time. time of the year. And of course, it's giving season. So anyone who travels will love to receive gifts they can use. Just ask them, even if it's something that they already have. Some things are worth having more of, especially if you use them regularly. Mm -hmm. And just in case you lose one or leave it behind. You know, a lot of things are left behind in hotel rooms. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so we have to buy it again. So it's always a great idea. So when you're thinking, oh, they probably already have that. If it's a most used item, they will want to have more than one. And there's so many great gifts that you can give someone. And number one on the list tends to be gift cards. Gift cards and memberships. That's right. You know, these are things that are great to have for anyone because travel is back in full effect. And anything that can save you money, save you time, and make it just more easy, more efficient and economical for you is a great idea and a great gift. Airline gift cards. You can get them in many denominations. And what better way to purchase an airline ticket and be able to add a gift card to that purchase to save you money? Or a travel gift card tied directly to one of the programs that allow you to purchase hotels and other travel arrangements is always a great gift or Uber gift card so that you can go ahead and get easily from destination or when you're at the destination, Uber and or Lyft is available at most places in the world now. They really are. And Mm -hmm. if you just add the money to the account or give it as a gift, gift. it'll show up in their account. Starbucks is everywhere. I just came back from Spain and France and I can tell you at the airports, And especially in Spain, in Madrid, almost on every corner, there was a Starbucks. So you cannot go wrong with a Starbucks, even if someone is traveling domestically. Mm -hmm. It's a great gift idea. I truly treasure them. Javon loves Starbucks cards. It's the top of her list, folks. Amazon, if you want to get somebody travel-related items, and you can order Amazon from any place in the world nowadays and still get it delivered in two to three days in most places. I've had things delivered in Dubai by Amazon. So it's a great option. Yes, you can either give the gift card or mm-hmm. you can buy the gift through and Amazon, but they have just about everything, everything, many travel gifts, especially gadgets that you'll want to get. 
Priority Pass membership. Yes. And it would be a one-year membership, mm-hmm. and it gives you access to many lounges around the world. And that makes travel so much better when you can go to a nice five-star deluxe lounge, have a drink, have a meal, and relax instead of sitting in the rest of the terminal uncomfortable. So that's a great gift. It certainly is. And if you know someone who is really into nature, visits the national parks around the the United United States, States, a great gift card to give them is called America the Beautiful Pass. So this will give you access to national park sites for the entire year. And these are all of the sites. That's because a great they gift. have Let's fees. That is a great um, gift. And so you get free admission to all the parks in the United States, mm-hmm. free admission to other NPS sites. And a lot of historic sites are in the national parks. Like we visited the African Burial Ground in New York. That was a National Park Service site. Sure. Free admission to national forest sites and free admission to many other government-run natural areas. And as you already stated, this includes major sites in major cities, not just the forest. And it gets you priority service in a lot of them too. So that's a great gift. Yes. And clear. Yeah. I was going to say my favorite one is clear because TSA lines get longer at the holidays. There's clear and biometrics walks you right through. It certainly does. So here's the great thing about clear. When you go to clear and you've probably seen the enrollment centers there. So if Mm -hmm. you give someone a card, they can enroll either online or when the next trip to the airport, they can enroll there at the airport and pay with the membership that you've already given them because they'll be given an ID number. But you get walked to the front of the line. That's what I love so much. Going through security without standing in line for security. That's what Clear gets you. Short version. And if you have TSA pre-check already, they take you to the TSA, they call it clear pre-check. That's right. So if you're clear and TSA pre-checked, then they take you to the TSA line and walk you to the front of the line. I absolutely love that. And if it's for a family member, a close family member, you can use your MasterCard Visa, Delta, or United programs and American Express and get a discount or a free pass. So take advantage to give somebody a great gift to get them through if they're a traveler or even if they only travel once or twice a year. Yeah, that'll be very much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about some of those in-flight accessories that will really enhance your travels, especially for long flights. Some of those creature comfort things like eye masks, a blanket. You know, airlines don't have blankets anymore. No more. No. No. And do you want to use a blanket somebody else has been sneezing and coughing? Or a pillow. <laughs> Let's be honest. Hey, I don't even want to use the earpieces unless they're sealed in plastic. So get them an earplug or earpieces on there so that they can listen to the music or plug in. Get them an adapter so they can plug into both their phone and the airplane system. Right. Just make sure earplugs are to just drown out the noise. But headphones or earbuds for your listening devices, you can use the Bluetooth ones, or Mm -hmm. if you want to use the airline's system, you can get them the ones that plug in, but travel ones that they can travel with, that travel pillow, compression socks. Sensible gift. I never used to use them, but now my ankles start to swell, so you want to do that. And a Kindle Paperwhite e-reader is something that you can get as well. That's true. Especially for what those about who some like. on-the-go gifts for people who are traveling and just need some extra things you could put together a kit for them? Yes. So those things that are on the go. How many times have you gone to toilet facility and there was no soap? Yes. Paper soap sets. Yeah. Or if you're out in nature, you, you just need to, to wash your hands and wipes. Yeah. What you're talking about are those little sheets that actually become soap with a little water, right? Right. They dissolve in your hand. And so you have your soap on the go. It's even more important now that you really, really have to wash. You should always be washing your hands. And it doesn't take up as much place as a wipe or a big gel bottle. Yeah. Here's something surprising. Still today, I see people walk out of the bathroom without washing their hands. I don't understand what that is. I really don't understand why why we're still doing that today. But certainly paper soap sets, Mm -hmm. those Tide sink packets. Oh, yeah. So you can wash on the go. Yes. That's why I can still travel with carry-on. I learned to wash or throw away. That makes sense. Tide pins. Oh, for the Tide pins for the spot remover. Yes. Yeah, that's a great one. Tide pins or a pin spot remover. That looks like an ink pen, but it'll help you remove a spot and you can get more use out of the clothes you're wearing or any emergency it keeps you on the go. Yes. Febreze, those travel size bottles of Febreze, or you can put together a nice set 
mm-hmm. of all of these things, just your on the go travel gift set. You can create a package of all of these things, but certainly Febreze, sometimes in your luggage, your clothes can take on a different smell. So you want to make sure that you spray them. And likewise, get the wrinkle releaser so that you can have that and get rid of those wrinkles and hang up your clothes in case there isn't an iron available, especially on cruise ships and others where there generally is not an iron available because of fire. Yes. Mm -hmm. Hand sanitizer, antibacterial Mm -hmm. wipes. And there's a difference, folks. For example, the hand sanitizers, of course, just for your hands. But when I get on the aircraft, I pull out my antibacterial wipes and I wipe down my seatbelt buckle my armrests, and my tray table. And your head rests when your head and your face, especially if you fall asleep. Just visualize what the person before you had their face turned in and was snoring with their mouth open, and that's where your face now is. (laughs) Especially during cold So you want to take that wipe, and you're going to wipe down everything. As Javon says, you don't want to know what's been done on those trays, especially with people who just pour their food on there. That shocks me every time. And the airlines are back to the period where as soon as they disembark there. They load them back up. Exactly. So that cleaning period is no longer Roll them in, roll them out. That's right. (laughs) A silk sleep sack. Yes. Now, here's several reasons for that. For hypoallergenic, so for example, it may be the detergent that the hotel is using. It's not that the sheets aren't clean. But it could be because Maybe of harsh the water. Exactly. And it's a lot softer. So it's kind of like a sleeping a, a bag. Sleep bag yeah. But it's not the padded and quilted and it's no. not completely enclosed. It no. opens up on one side. And a lot of them have a little pillow that goes with it as well. Now, um, this is something we learned a long time, time ago, 50, 60 years ago, as a young college man traveling around Europe. We traveled with them all the time because we were staying in youth hostels. And they just didn't clean the sheets as well. So that's great. Yeah, it is. Travel slippers. Mm -hmm. You always want to make sure that you have slippers, whether you're staying in three, four, or five-star hotel accommodations. Now, granted, some five-star hotels will give you slippers, but but sometimes they don't. Or the housekeeping forgets to put it in there. It's a great gift. It is a great gift. Make sure it's one with some soles on it. You don't want anything like socks because, again, it's to protect your feet. A travel scarf. I love this. Or it's a wrap where you can wear it for warmth. You can wear it as style. Mm -hmm. There's so many different... It dresses up a semi-casual outfit and makes it more formal. You're right. Yeah. And guys are wearing more scarves now too. Oh yeah. It just looks good. And it also gives you an extra sense of warmth and bug repellent too. Yeah. And you talked about the wrinkle release, but there are some really nice travel size steamers today. They're much more compact than they used to be. And they don't require as much water as they used to. So they're not leaking everywhere. That's great too. Yes. Now we always want to stay organized. Mm -hmm. So in the category of organization, you want to have packing cubes. Shoe bags. Put your shoes in bags, please, because your feet are walking all over and you don't don't want want to put that on your clothes. Exactly. So shoe bags. And you can never have too many because they are multi-use as well. Mm -hmm. And a travel vacuum storage bag set, one that comes with a portable pump. That's right. So you can vacuum out the air and get more in your luggage going over. But just as importantly, when you come back home, you want to be able to vacuum out that air and get even more in there. You can separate your clothes dirty from clean and everything like that too. And it saves so much space. Accessory organizer or a tech Tech bag. bag, I tell you, with the number of things you have to charge with different (laughs) USB ports and my watch is different than my phone is different than my camera. You it's know, different. <laughs> so USB many different versus things. C versus original. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It certainly is. And fold up travel bag. Here's the importance of that. Just on my recent trip, you come home with more than you left with. And Who if doesn't? you still want to travel as light as possible, a fold up bag that you can travel with. And then if you need another bag, you have it, even if one that you have to check. So make sure it's a sturdy enough one that if you need to check it, you can. Because coming back home, you're a bit okay with checking that bag. And in the same vein of shoe bags, a travel laundry bag to keep your dirty clothes separate from your clean clothes. Let's talk about those gadgets themselves. Oh my goodness. You've got to get a universal travel adapter. One, not only that plugs into the wall and lets you to plug in something else, but one equipped with USB, USB, C, and all the other ones. So you can plug in a whole lot of things with one outlet and one that is universal. And also the power strip with a surge protector. 
that allows you to plug in multiple items that's in there. Get yourself a power bank so that you have a charger on the plane when you're traveling on the bus or out and about. So when your power goes down, you're still connected. And of course, a portable hotspot is always a great thing to have. So you're always connected with everybody. I would also recommend digital luggage scale because you got to weigh that bag before you leave home, but you got to weigh it before you come back. And if the scale's at home, it doesn't do you any good. And then, of course, for those people who love the selfies, a tripod that allows you to plug in and gives you a remote access so that you can go ahead and take that selfie or extend and take pictures when you're on the go. What about gifts for the person like over the counter, Javon? What about a bag for that? Again, putting together an OTC or over the counter med bag for your traveler, cold and flu meds, antibiotic ointments, antihistamine, pain reliever, anti-inflammatory, band-aids, alcohol wipes, ACE bandage, put it all together in a bag, travel size of everything, of course. Putting these things together will make for a great gift. So that's your travel gift list for 2022. And I think the traveler in your life would be very happy to get it. When I come back, we'll have the culture report. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Make sure you visit the website, TravelingCulturati.com. And while you're there, follow us on social media and join that travel club. Culture is forever changing and reflecting what's happening in the society and with its people. It can be born from the arts, music, food, and sometimes politics and strife. This is the Culture Report on murals, artwork painted or applied directly to a wall, ceiling, or other permanent surface. Joining me today is Dorian Sylvain. Dorian is a painter whose color and texture explore ornamentation, pattern, and design as identifiers of cultural and historical foundations. Her art reflects, connects, and strengthens Black Chicago, and for the past four decades, she has been committed to educating youth and creating public art that elevates neighborhoods and environmental aesthetics through collective art making. Well, hello, Ms. Sylvain, and welcome to Traveling Culturati. Well, hello, and thank you so much. It's a real pleasure to be able to speak to your audience and to get to know you also. Absolutely. I so enjoyed perusing your site and knowing and learning so much more about you. So what are your roots in Chicago? Born and raised in Chicago, born on the South Side and the, the South Shore neighborhood. And my family, we moved into the neighborhood actually just as redlining was sort of breaking down in the mid-60s and just prior to the white flight that occurred in the city. So my roots are really in that period of transition as the city was kind of re-segregating themselves or, or trying to integrate themselves to some degree. Well, I think we're all at this stage, those of us born at a certain time are really rethinking this segregation thing. I think that it's not what we thought it was or would be. And I think that has really changed the landscape of our culture and our communities and our economics as well. I agree completely. Another whole story, another whole topic. Yes, a whole Exactly. Now you and and a lot due to your roots, you've really worked with Black and Brown communities in Chicago. So, what are your concerns as it relates to art? Well, you know, as I mentioned, I was around the South Shore neighborhood really during its height. You know, I remember when I grew up, we had two movie theaters, the Jeffrey Theater, the Hamilton. 71st Street was a very busy business district. And South Shore was a solidly middle class, upper middle class black neighborhood. And so it was a wonderful, wonderful place to grow up in. My mother, being an educator herself, she uh, was a, used to teach autistic and deaf children. I grew up really understanding the value of teaching and the value of sharing your expertise. 
And so as a young girl, when I originally went to college downtown at American Academy of Art, I guess I started to become much more aware of the fact that a lot of kids didn't have access to art education. And a lot of things that I just took for granted because my mother, whatever they were teaching at the YMCA, we were taking it. Baton twirling, cooking, sewing, whatever. She was a very strong about myself and my siblings, you know, taking classes and learning things. But I realized looking out at the broader neighborhood that a lot of, you know, children didn't have the type of parents that would advocate for them. And now, many, many years later, decades later, because I've been practicing as an artist for four decades, I look around the landscape and I see the same thing. Mm. And I've been kind of labeling them as art education deserts, you know, where there just does not seem to be much access for young people to engage in art or learn art. So at a very early age, I was actually able to secure a grant and was giving free art classes at the South Shore Library. And I think that really marked the beginning of my commitment to trying to bring free arts education programs to neighborhood children. And I understand that you really think that COVID has exacerbated that as well. Yes, yes, yes. Much of my practice, as I've mentioned, has been not only producing, designing public art, but I have been equally as active as an art educator. And so pre-COVID, I was teaching in several places, the Hyde Park Art Center, Marwin. I was teaching set design with the Court Theater. Jess was very, very active. And since COVID, I think that it has really created even a stronger divide. I mean, not only do we have to recognize that CPS has a large homeless population when it comes to children, but they also don't have equal access to things like just basic things like, you know, art materials, be it crayons and scissors and markers. And so children that I would often see in the context of programs such as at the Hyde Park Arts Center where they were able to access free programming, they're no longer able to access it. So many of the online programs that I have hosted since COVID I really noticed that the whole demographic has shifted completely where, you know, I have children participating that already have a lot of stuff, that already have a lot of art experience or go to schools that have, you know, a full-time art teacher. And so I'm feeling as though there are many kids who are really being lost in the cracks right now. And that just really concerns me. I want to talk about some of your installations. And as I said, I had so much fun. I was getting lost in your website and your studio website, (laughs) looking at all of the different projects that you've worked on and installations that you've been commissioned for. Let's talk first about the Mural Moves Chicago. Right. Well, Mural Moves Chicago is what I like to refer to as a campaign. And meaning that, you know, my commitment to public art is so strong that I felt that I needed to sort of create a campaign around that idea of having more public art available to community. And on probably on its most fundamental level, it can be about beautification. You know, one of the issues we've been particularly dealing with in South Shore as there has been years worth of disinvestment is just the blight in the neighborhood. You know, the businesses that are closed and the boarded up properties or the security gates that are across windows. And there's really a psychological cost to living in those type of environments. And so the mural moves has been about trying to tackle that community blight on some level. As I mentioned, beautification, I think, is one of the probably more base benefits of the public art. But it's also about creating some dialogue. It's also about celebrating our history. You know, it's also about being a sounding board or a voice in terms of public concern. And, you know, for example, we all saw the great rise in public murals when a lot of, you know, businesses were being attacked and windows were being broken. And so all across the city, you just had this landscape of, you know, raw wood on top of everything. 
And it was beautiful to see all the painters, because not everybody was a muralist, but, you know, painters and artists that kind of came to the aid of that and said, we don't want our landscape in the city of Chicago to look like this. So not only are we going to try to tackle these boards from the standpoint of being a painter, but that we all have so much to say, you know, behind George Floyd's murder. There was just so much that needed to be said. There was so much energy and so much disgust that not only, of course, were people compelled just to hit the streets in huge numbers, but artists also kind of felt like, I've got to add to this conversation. And so many, many, many of the boards were really dedicated to the Black Lives Matters and to George Floyd in particular. And it was just a wonderful moment, you know, and I think that really highlighted the value of public art. And I loved looking at what you did with Our City is a Garden. Basically, myself and a photographer, Jeff Phillips, collaborated in designing this. We were contacted through the Chicago Public Library, and they have a group of young folks, I think mostly high schoolers, that participate in a program they call U Media. BMO Harris, their building had a ton of smashed windows after various incidents, and so they had just dozens of boards up, you know, to cover their windows. And they decided that they wanted to take these actual boards off their window and then give them to some art organizations to create some murals. And so we were given two, four, six, eight, eight boards. And again, we're able to use the roundhouse at DuSable because it's completely empty. Then we had one day where all the students came down to DuSable and we had printed all of their collages, but also made available to them even more imagery and more language if they wanted to build upon their collage. The students were able to, number one, get together for the first time in months, but then to work on this very large piece and create an individual statement. The Chicago Public Library has a wonderful collection of artists within their building, and it just brought me a lot of pride to be able to say that, you know, we've got a piece in there now, too. I love that you said early on that your mother exposed you to art at a young age, and you're keeping that going, and you've involved your sons, making it a true family affair. It's really been just a joy, you know. I, I know a lot of parents that talk about being empty nesters, and it's almost as though they look forward to their kids going off and having their own life, and Maybe I just haven't cut the cord yet. <laughs> 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 I really enjoy working with my kids. I mean, they grew up around this art thing, and they absolutely grew up with a paintbrush in their hand. So now that they're all in their 20s, one of the real benefits of having them, like I said, not only because I enjoy their company, but they're also, their working with me has allowed my capacity to grow. So now I can take on bigger projects. I could take on more projects. So it just is really working beautifully. I just see so much growth in them. And I see that these opportunities have really allowed them to stretch their vision of how they define themselves as artists. What's your website? My website is uh, my name, DorianSylvain.com. That's D-O-R-I-A-N-S-Y-L-V-A-I-N.com. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen.